0: Father in heaven, we just want to thank you, Father, once again for this morning that you have blessed us with. Uh, Father, even as we are here in your presence, for your word says where two or three are gathered in my name, you will be there in our midst. And therefore this morning we are gathered together here in, our, in your midst, O Lord, around you. And I pray, Father, even as we meditate upon your word, that Lord, you would grant us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. That you would unfold your word. You will teach us your ways. You will show us your paths. That your anointing would rest upon us, O oh Lord, uh, to teach us to make every lesson that we learn through your word relevant to our situation, that we'd be able to apply the word into our lives and make changes in accordance to uh, what you show us, O oh Lord, in the light of your word. Uh, change the way we think, the change the way we behave. And Lord, uh, the word which has got the power to work in those who believe is what your word says. And I pray, Lord, uh, Lord, that even as we believe, oh Lord, the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon us, oh Lord. And we will be able to uh, obey the standards to which you enjoin us to follow. And therefore, I pray, Lord, this morning that you would anoint every one of us, empower us to speak, to hear, to obey, and to, uh, Lord, bring glory and honor to your name. Thank you, Father, for this time that you blessed us with. Uh, commit this time into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this morning, uh, once again, we'll, uh, look back, go back to Matthew chapter 24. We've been looking at, uh, the theme uh, broadly has been uh, on Wednesdays as to what we should be doing, uh, to prepare ourselves for the coming of the Lord, which is imminent. The first coming was imminent and the second coming also will happen in due time. It says Christ uh, was born of the Virgin Mary and he was, he suffered and he died in due time in God's time. Everything will happen the way he, uh, it happened in God's time and in God's time, the second coming of the Lord <laughs> will happen and it is as certain as, uh, the God whom we worship who says, I will never change. And therefore, it is wise for us to prepare ourselves to understand, uh, how we prepare ourselves for his coming and more importantly, how we um, ensure that when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, we will not be ashamed. Yeah, that's the objective. Objective. See, uh, if you will be offended uh, with this teaching, and I'm not sure how uh, how easy it will be for you to stand before the judgment, judgment seat of Christ, okay? If the judgment seat of man is going to scare you, <laughs> uh, what will happen to us if we miss the judgment seat of Christ? I mean, uh, of, of, of Christ, what will happen when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Therefore, it is important for us to prepare ourselves. We know the exam and the examiner, all right? It's very important for both of us and to understand because they say, you know, uh, you, you should know the professor <laughs> and you should also know the subject. <laughs> okay, so both is is important. You should know the judge and the law <laughs> and the standard with which he's going to judge. And both are not. Um, you cannot. They're not mutually exclusive. They are together. If you read uh, Psalm 119. Um, every verse of Psalm 119, except one verse if I'm right, of 176 verses, talks about the word of God in different formats. It talks about the statutes, the ordinances, the commandments, the law, um, the testimonies, uh, etc. Uh, different uh, adjectives are used um, uh, uh, to describe the word of God. But every adjective, if you read 119, there is a personal pronoun used in every word, your commands. Your statutes, your, it is not the command, the statutes, the law the testimonies etc it is yours. so there is, a, there is a word and there is a person who has given that word both are important for us in order for us to understand the person we need to know what he says uh, the word of God mm, the voice of God all these things are used in Psalm 119 176 verses to describe the word of God except one if I am right 175 verses at, 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 at least uh, and if David wrote that Psalm man um, uh, something which we should need to uh, really take our hats off I think so one of my favorite verses in Psalm 119 is 119.164, which says seven times a day, I, I worship you because of your testimonies. Psalm 119.164. Okay, don't have to turn there. Anyways, let's, uh, let's look at Matthew chapter 24 as to what one of the more, most important attributes one should possess in order, to, in order for us to um, uh, prepare ourselves for the coming of the Lord. This is Matthew chapter 24. Let's read a few verses. Uh, and then uh, we looked at uh, Thessalonians uh, the last few times. Today we'll look at uh, one more verse from Matthew chapter 24 and, and, and understand what God has to tell us. Then they, will, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake and then many will be offended and betray one another and will hate one another then many false prophets will rise and deceive many and because lawlessness will abound the love of many will grow cold so there are several attributes which are uh, several uh, things that will happen to believers first there will uh, there will be tribulation okay there will be a lot of persecution there will be intense hatred um, among the nations for the because you bear my name and he says uh, blessed are you if you uh, men revile you and persecute you for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. There will be, there will be tribulation, there will be anguish, there will be uh, for every for all those who desire to God to live godly lives in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Okay, that is what Second Timothy chapter three verse twelve will say. And then again, so there will be tribulation, there will be uh, persecution for this for God's for the name of God. Verse ten will say, many will be offended and they will betray one another okay and hate one another they will be offended and they will betray one another because why 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 do they hate one another because persecution has ar- has arisen this intense stress that that uh, that that you will be subjected to as believers okay there will be stress in relationships there will be stress in stress in marriages and most importantly there will be intense stress in relationships you know that is the reason why god allows certain periods of 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 uh, of, of lack to come into our lives into our marriages, financial stress maybe, health stress maybe, all these stress, stresses to test how strong, how what kind of a tensile strength we have. <laughs> tensile strength is uh, the ability to withstand intense pressure. Mm, pressure per unit area, force per unit area, if you will. Yeah, how much of uh, tensile strength we produce, we have, we possess in our relationship with God and in our relationship with one another. Whether, whether we will love each other or will betray one another—that's something which we that will also be tested. And many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. There will be a lot of false doctrines also that will be floating around, uh, trying to deceive in this environment of all kind of chaos. So many voices uh, which will be there, and lawlessness will abound because the love of many will grow cold so there'll be hatred there'll be offense there'll be false prophets there'll be lawlessness because the love of many will grow cold and then it says but he who endures okay in the immediate context if you read these verses he who endures till the end shall be saved and this gospel of this kingdom of the kingdom will be preached in this environment of hatred of 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 um, what do you say, offence of uh, of false doctrines, of intense, uh, what do you say, uh, lawlessness. What will happen? The the gospel of the kingdom will continue to be preached to the ends of the world. And what will happen after that? The end will come. Okay? This will happen. For sure. It's a given. So, but what does verse 13 say? He who endures. Till the end will be said. So, title of today's teaching is "Be sure to endure." <laughs> okay, "Be sure to endure" is what we need to look at. Look at ourselves first. You, know? you have to be absolutely sure to endure. So, let us see what all we should endure hmm? okay, as believers most important thing that we need to endure the fundamental is what i say endure teaching what should you endure teaching okay endure sound teaching or sound doctrine that's the first thing i want to show you five at least five things that believe as believers we, we need to endure till the end endure till the end not even giving up at one point of time because uh uh because there will be temptations to just move away, right? Uh, To stray from the path. So 2 Timothy chapter 4 we will talk about this. Uh, Verse 1 onwards. I charge you uh, therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Look at this. He will judge both the living and the dead. Uh, The the KJV translation uses the word the quick (laughs) and the dead. (laughs) Okay, quick (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the dead. That means he will, if you're running away from his, from his presence, he will quickly fuck <laughs> you and he will judge you. Alright. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and at his kingdom. So what should you do? Preach the word. You know, one of the things that we hated when we were, when we were kids is don't preach. Oh, you're getting too preachy. Okay. Papa, don't preach. (laughs) That was Madame Madonna's song. She went mad with that song. Okay, Okay. all right. Papa, don't don't be become too preachy. We don't sound. We want don't want to sound preachy. But the point is, it is absolutely imperative in the kingdom of God to subject ourselves to the preaching of the word. What is preaching? We are declaring. It's a, what who's a preacher? The person he's, he's like a herald who's coming and declaring this is that because God will not uh judge by consensus or rule by consensus, he rules by decree. Yeah. This is the decree of the king. Huh. I don't like it <laughs> to your to your own peril. <laughs> okay, this is what the king demands. So preach the word. So, so very important thing he says, preach the word because. There will come a time and there will be an environment of people who hate preaching of the word of God and preachers of the word of God. They will hate you. Hate you. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Meaning, there will be seasons where people will accept the word of God and uh, they'll uh, love the word of God and the preaching of the word of God. There will be seasons where they will say, hey, we don't like you. Hmm. Convince, rebuke, exhort. With all lo- long suffering and teaching. So there is preaching and there is teaching. So preaching will talk about the the the, the standards of God. This is the standards of God. Repent and believe the gospel. Hmm? And then you should convince people. You should rebuke people. You should exhort. With all long suffering and teaching. Alright, so 3 to 1 ratio, okay. So why should you preach the word? Look at what it says in Titus chapter one. Paul, a bond servant of Jesus Christ, of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords with godliness. Okay. There's a truth which accords with godliness, and what should you do? We should acknowledge the truth. And when you acknowledge the truth, what you what do you get? You get the faith of the you will you will have the faith of God's elect. What will you have? You will have the faith of God's elect when you acknowledge the truth which accords with godliness. In hope of eternal life, which God who cannot lie promised before time began, but has in due time, I like this word, manifested his word through preaching. Look at that word, manifest and preaching. So in order to understand the word of God, the manifestations of the word of God, what is manifest? No, he's been manifesting. What is he manifesting? Demons. <laughs> okay. What is he manifesting? That's what you use, right? Deliverance session. He's been manifesting. What is he manifesting? All the demons inside of his, inside of his heart. When the preaching of the word of God comes, everything will come out. All the kachara. Prayer, anointing. Manifests. Manifestation happens. So how do you manifest the word of God? The manifestation of the word of God happens through the preaching of the word which was committed to me according to the commandment of God therefore he says preach the word be ready in season out of season convince rebuke exhort with all kinds of long suffering and teaching you just can't, you can't have just long suffering you have should, you have to have all long suffering all right oh my goodness that is the most important in other words you have to be willing to suffer long the preacher and the people <laughs> who are receiving the preaching, everybody has to suffer long, okay? Because you don't get it in one go. Okay, you do not get this in one go. And I'll tell you something. You no, know, for me to understand the dimensionalities of the gospel, at least in a in a in an increasing measure, it took me so many years. So many years. It doesn't happen in a day because this mind, uh, the carnal mind, is in enmity with God, and you will experience that in your own life. You go hits. The things of God, and will not subject to the law of God, and it, indeed it cannot. The word is, it is powerless to 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 uh, to submit to the law of God. Therefore, he tells Timothy, be uh, be ready in season and out of season, preach the word. Okay, and then he says, look at what he says. For the time will come when they will not endure what sound doctrine. Okay, but according to their own desires. Because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to stories, fables. Um, Actually, it's uh, the word in in Telugu is very interesting, Kalpana Kadhalu, meaning fantasy stories. Snow White. They'll they'll be. That's exactly what happened. All kinds of fantasy stories. A lot of believers live in a fantasy land. You know that. They have no idea. (laughs) Who God is. They have this fantasy of fantasy picture of God. Okay. That's a problem sometimes with uh, reading too much of fantasy fiction. Mm, exactly. It is fiction. This is not fiction. Okay. That is the reason why I think the some the hymn writer will say, Lord hasten the day when my faith will be Sight when the clouds will be rolled back as a scroll, the the trump shall resound and the Lord shall defend. Even so, it will it is well with my soul. He's going to come, hmm. and that all fantasies and your and your uh, what do you say your your presuppositions, everything will be laid to rest, and you'll be shocked. I'm sure a lot of people will be shocked on the day of judgment when they see God, because they have never been prepared to understand who God is. They have what fables, stories. They like narrative. <laughs> I'm not saying we should not like, you should not have narrative. No, 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 I'm not, because many, most of the Bible is in, is in narrative form. Of course, the New Testament, of course, is a lot of, uh, of, 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 uh, structure is there, of propositions are there. But we don't like propositions. We like what? Narrative. You know, especially people in the East. Everything has to be told in a story form. Okay, otherwise, uh, people will not uh, like it. That's okay, no problem. Uh, we should, Mm, uh ultimately, we have to give the give, give the gospel and story form, and they will turn their eyes away from the truth and be turned aside to fables because why will they be turned why will they turn aside to fables because they do not have the capacity to endure what sound doctrine sound teaching the word for sound is healthy that which gives you health and we all know healthy food is not tasty food if it is tasty it is definitely not healthy it has to be acquired. Can you imagine? There'll be sports people, when they started the sporting sporting career, they loved sweets. Okay. And after a time, I know, I've, uh, I've seen interviews of sporting uh, sportsmen, right? They've been told by the coach, you know what, you want to win this Olympic medals? This is not easy, Baba. You have to give up sweets. And after a period of time, even if they put sweet in their mouth, they spit it out because they've Completely erase that that taste for sweet. I mean, it's it's a, it's what we call as an expulsive power of a competing affection. Hmm. Sound teaching, healthy doctrine. You don't like medicine, right? So what do we do? It sugar coated. Hmm. <laughs> We I mean, like sugar-coated stuff, no? But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears. So, there's, there's a time which is gonna come, we cannot endure sound teaching, so what will they do? They will turn aside. There, it doesn't mean that they will go away from the church, but they will go to another church where they will be taught fables. Look at what it says in Isaiah chapter 30. This is a rebellious people. Which people? Not the Gentiles. Hmm? Not the Assyrians. Not the Babylonians, not the Moabites, not even the Ammonites or not even the Edomites. Who are the rebellious people? Not even Israel. Who are the rebellious people? Judah. Who have have been given the maximum number of prophets. He calls him your treacherous sister Judah. Who are they? They are rebellious people. They are what kind of children? Lying children. Children who will not hear the law of God. What will not? What will they not hear? They will not hear the law of God. Who say to the seers, do not see please. Please don't see. You know what we need? We need people who can see. What does it mean? They should have what we call as prophetic calculators. What is a prophetic calculator? If this is the decision you make, in 15 years time or 5 years time, this is where you will end up. If these are the decisions you're you're making in five years' time, you will end up, and you will not even have the capacity to say no. For example, when Sodom and Gomorrah—I mean, when Lot was given this choice to choose Sodom and Gomorrah—I mean, to choose to make a choice, he didn't choose. Uh, uh, he still didn't choose Sodom and Gomorrah. He already made up his mind. Maybe he looked all around. He looked at Sodom. It looked like the Garden of God, and he didn't see the fact that it was going to be destroyed. He got attracted to it. He made a decision. He moved on. And then you know it, he was outside Sodom, then after a while he became in, he went into Sodom and built a house in Sodom and later on he became the elder of Sodom. Now look at what happens. When Sodom gets attacked, he's taken captive. But the power of Sodom is so strong that even after he's been attacked, when he comes back, he still makes a choice to go back to Sodom. And now of course he becomes the elder there. The power, the power of the world. Never underestimate it. It's like a hook. Once it's inside, it will draw you out. It's like this drug addiction, no? Drug addicts, when they want a fix, that's it. You, Nobody can control them. They'll run back for a fix. They'll be working suddenly, you know, they'll be working in their office, let's say. They'll be working, 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 working. And suddenly this urge comes out. And what will they do? They will suspend everything that they're doing and they will go back to get their fix. It's like that. Dangerous. So we need what? Prophetic seers. People will tell us, you know what, if this is a decision that you're making, this is what will happen to your marriage. This, will happen, this is what will happen to your children. And this is what will happen to your spiritual life. Ultimately, this is where you'll end up. But what do, what do we tell our prophets and our seers? Please do not see. Do not prophesy to us what things? Right things. Speak to us. Smooth things. After that, prophesy. Deceits. And he says, get out of the way. Turn aside from the path. Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. We don't want to hear. It's a dangerous thing. So we need to, first thing we need to ask us, ask ourselves, do we have the capacity to handle sound teaching, sound doctrine? One such seer which we need is 2 Kings chapter 5. Look at what, uh, <laughs> we know this, I've used this example several times. Second Kings chapter 5 verse 25. This is when um, Gehazi comes back after, you know, taking something from Naman, right? Now he went in and stood before the master. Elisha said to him, where did you go? Gehazi. And he said, your servant did not go anywhere. Then he said to him, did not my heart go with you when the, ma- when the man turned back from his chariot to meet you? Is it time to receive money and to receive clothing? He starts there, right? And where does it end? He says, uh, is it time to receive money? Is it time to receive clothes? And then what happens after that? Olive grooves, vineyards, sheep, oxen, male and female servants. <laughs> I know where you are going with all this. See, that's a seer. This is what we call a spiritual calculator. Okay, I know where you are going. This starts with this and ultimately ends up there. It starts with a small rebellion. Rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. Ultimately, if you don't take heed, where will you end up with? With a witch. God will stop speaking to you. Therefore, how do we test ourselves whether we are people who endure sound doctrine or not? We need to know. So let me give you four examples. Okay? Four examples from scripture first. Uh, four examples, of course, uh from the four types of soil, right? Let's look at Luke's Gospel chapter 8. <clears throat> and when a great multitude had gathered and they they had come to him from every city, he spoke a parable. A sower went out to sow. His seed, and as he sowed, some fell on the wayside. It was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on the rock. As soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it had it lacked moisture. And you know, some fell on the among thorns, and thorns sprang up uh, with it and choked it. But others fell on good soil, a uh, good good uh, good ground sprang up and yielded a crop, even a hundredfold. And he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And disciples asked Jesus, the Interpretation of the parable. Four kinds of soil. What is the first kind of soil? The, what, what, the seed falls on what we call a stony ground. What ground? Stony ground. What do they do? They trample the seed. They trample the word of God. And the birds of the air come and devour the word. So what is the, what, who is the bird of the air? Satan. Satan is the bird of the air, right? He is the birds of the air. So, when you trample the word, when you reject the word of God, he comes and he takes the word of God. Anyway, so, there are four kinds of soils. All right, and you will see in the Bible, there's four kinds of people. Now, when Paul uh, writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he mentions these four kinds of people. Okay. The word which fell on stony ground. The word which fell on shallow ground. The word which fell on corny ground and the word which fell on fertile ground and which produced what we call as a harvest even a hundredfold Let's four kinds of soils and he gives this example in the last letter I mean, before he is dying, this is—I think—the last but one. If you if you or if you call Titus the last letter, this is the last but one letter. Let's say I don't know chronologically; we don't exactly. Maybe this is the last letter. This is what he has to say. Four kinds of soil. This is the end of his ministry. Now he's forget about all the uh, a, a church in Asia, which has forsaken him. Forget about them. We'll look at four kinds of individuals, four kinds of soils. Look at what it says in Second Timothy chapter four. Alexander the copper smith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. Man, this is something which I, which I dread, okay? A man of God who will never, you know, say anything against those people who have hurt him has, has, has come to a point where he has to speak a judgment on an individual. This guy has harmed me. Lord, repay him. A person in the New Testament (laughs) speaking this. <laughs> I mean, we can understand if David was saying, Lord, do this to my enemies, break their bones, etc. I mean, he, this, is, this is not a person in the new covenant. This person who has got the audacity to say, Lord, uh, uh, follow me even as I follow Christ. He says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. First kind of soil. Second kind of soil. Get Mark. Who is this Mark? Get Mark. We will we'll understand who the second kind of soil is. This is verse eleven, Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. Okay. Third. Be diligent to come to me, verse 9 and 10. For Demas has forsaken me. Third kind of soil. Hmm? And the fourth kind of soil? Hmm. Anybody, any guesses? <laughs> Only Dr. Luke is with me. Four kinds of soil. Alexander the coppersmith? Mark, Dimas, look. Where are we? Is a question. <laughs> do we have the Alexander the coppersmith kind of soil? Or do we have the mark kind of a soil? Or do we have the demas kind of a soil? Or do we have the look kind of a soil? Everything talking about our heart. That's the reason why it says don't break, don't tear your rent your garments, rent your heart. Break up the fallow ground. Where is the fallow ground? Your heart. Break up the fallow ground and do not sow among thorns. It says in Jeremiah chapter 4. Circumcise for yourselves the foreskin of your heart. Hmm? Circumcise for yourselves the foreskin of your heart. Okay, so, so four kinds of soil mentioned. Alexander the coppersmith. Who is Alexander the coppersmith? The fellows whose beginning is messed up and the end is also messed up. Second fellow, whose beginning is slightly messed up, but the end is thankfully okay. Third, beginning is fantastic, end messed up. Look at this epitaph. Demas forsaken me. He can write any kind of an epitaph. He has fought a good fight. He has kept the faith and he has finished the race. Could be the epitaph written by the followers of Demas. But according to God, Demas forsook Paul. Who's there? Only look. Which kind of side? Which kind of soil? Hmm? Do you want to know? So let us try to analyze the Alexander the coppersmith kind of a soil. I forgot to keep that verse. Please uh, put it up also. Later on I will tell you which verse. Okay, Second Timothy chapter 4. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. And what did he do? What did he do? Look at this. You must also be aware of him. For he has greatly resisted our words. You see again, the teaching, the preaching of the word of God, he has greatly resisted our words. He is the kind of a soil which is hard. What did he, What has he done? He has resisted the teaching. Hard fellow. Okay. Resisted the teaching. Who's? What kind of a mentality does he have? He has got the Janus and the Jambres kind of a mentality. What do they do? They resist Moses. It's a demonic spirit which is walking through this man who is there in the church, unfortunately. Hmm? Now, look at this guy when he's writing the first epistle. First epistle, there's still hope. Look at what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 1. Hmm? This I charge... This charge, sorry, First Timothy chapter 1 verse 18. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. May I tell you something? If you have not resigned to the fact that Christian life is a warfare, boss, I think you should just send in your resignation and leave. Okay. If you have not resigned to the fact that it is a warfare, please resign and leave. Why, having faith and a good conscience, which having which some having rejected, concerning the faith have what suffered, suffered shipwreck? And these are the two examples which are being using, which are, which he's using. Uh, what is he? Of whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan that they may. Learn. Now, why did God deliver, what did Paul say, I delivered him to Satan? He says in First Corinthians, deliver such a man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh and the saving of the soul, so that he may learn his lesson. Did he learn his lesson? No. On the contrary, what did he do? He caused much harm. Much harm. Resisted the words resistant, that's the reason why it says Proverbs chapter 29 verse 1, if you can please put it up on Proverbs chapter 29 verse 1 so many times we uh, looked at it several times but read, read it 29 1 please, quickly sir. what's his name, Peter Peter, sir, in your KJV, Victorian English okay what does it say he that being often rebu- uh, rebuked or reproved hardness his neck Shall suddenly be destroyed and that too without, without warning. Hand this fellow to, over to Satan. You know, still Paul is thinking when he's writing the first epistle, okay, at least I'll hand this fellow over to Satan, maybe for the destruction of the flesh, he will learn his lesson. No? <laughs> you know, finally when he's writing the last letter, Alexander the coppersmith has did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his words. For and you also be aware of him. That, fellow, that, fellow, that means what? He's still in the church. Where? In Ephesus, I think. Because it says, you know, Paul left him in Ephesus. That's the reason why he says, I fought with beasts. Where? In Ephesus. He's one of the beasts. Okay. He says... What, what, what will happen among, from among you, what will have, savage wolves will come. What will they do? They will not spare the flock and they will draw off disciples among, uh, after themselves. Dangerous, dangerous. And he says, night and day, I warned you with tears. I gave you the whole counsel of God. Understand, this is the church of the living God. God has purchased this, this, this church with the, with his own blood. Therefore, be overseers and shepherd the flock that God has given you. And what is Alexander the Cop- 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 Coppersmith doing? Resisting the word of God. And what did uh, Paul do? He's handed him over to Satan. Did he learn his lesson not to blaspheme? He has not learned his lesson to blaspheme. What is it? He's a hard soil. An arrogant, hard, wicked heart. What is coming out of an arrogant, hard, wicked heart? Do you know? Proverbs chapter 21 verse 4. Look at what it says. Look at it, Verse 4. Haughty eyes. This is the NIV translation. <clears throat> Haughty eyes. And a proud heart. The unplowed field of the wicked produces. That's it. You cannot plow this field, Baba. It's resisting. Resist and resist and resist and resist. So what kind of a soil? Do you have the Alexander or the coppersmith kind of a soil? Or been constantly being rebuked? God has handed, I mean, what is, what is handing over to Satan mean? It is not to destroy you. It is so that you will learn your lesson. So that means God, for example, God uh, removed the hedges from the life of Job to teach him a lesson that he should not trust in his own, own on on his own uh, righteousness. That he will come to a point where he says, you know what, I have heard you with your ears. Now I, what? Seen with my eyes. What do I do? Now, I abo- you know what? The first act of repentance is that you abhor yourself. In Telugu, you look at yourself. Oh, I, I'm not only uh, stinking in God's sight, I'm stinking in my own sight. Even my own shirts, to, the, to my own shirt, I smell bad. That's what it says. <laughs> Job says, you know what? If my own shirt says, Baba, you stink. It's not like you smell your shirt and put it on. No. The shirt is smelling and says, please don't put me on. <laughs> you see, that your righteousness is what? Fill the right. So what should you do? You should put off the old man and put on the new man. You can't put on the old new man on the old man because it stinks. You see? So God often does that. He removes and God allows certain situations to come into our life to teach us a lesson. What is handing over to and Handing handing you over to discipline and correction. There they cut off fellowship and they say we are not going to talk to you anymore. Thankfully that guy learned his lesson. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he learned his lesson. Please, he says, please make him, let, let him come back to fellowship. Otherwise, you know, that fellow will be disheartened, he'll be discouraged and he'll be, he'll be, he'll just lose himself. Please, you know, don't, don't, don't discourage him so much. Don't depress, he'll go into depression and he'll do something to himself. Just come, uh, just affirm him and bring him back. He learned his lesson now. Okay. I'm also standing as if Christ is standing there and also has forgiven him. Okay. So let, join him back to fellowship. But Alexander the coppersmith. I handed him over to Satan that he will learn not to blaspheme. What has he done? Instead of learning and repenting, what has he done? He has resisted the words and he has done me much harm. You see, this is dangerous. We should always be careful. What kind of a soil are we? Four kinds of soil. Alexander the coppersmith kind of a soil. Hard soil. Resisting the words of God. No, 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 no. no. When we resist the word of God, what do we resist? If you turn with me to Acts chapter 13. No, I forgot to give you that verse, no? Acts chapter 13. Uh, Dr. Richard? If you can put Acts chapter 13, let's read. Uh, I'm gonna just put it up here on uh, Open Song, huh? El- Elimas, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Thank you. Uh, okay, Acts chapter 13, right? And verse eight onwards, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Let's see from verse eight onwards. Mm, so, verse eight onwards, but Elimas the sorcerer withstood them, resisted them. What did he do? He withstood them. Seeking to turn the pro-council away from the truth. So the problem with these fellows is, they resist the truth and also what do they do? They cause other fellows also to stumble. Then Saul, I like that, who was called? That transition has happened, no? From Saul to Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently upon him and he made certain pro, certain pronouncements. Look at what it says. And he said, Oh fellow who is full of deceit. What is a hard heart a symbol of? A guy is full of deceit. He's arrogant. He's lying. He's, 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 there's deception inside. A hard heart is a deceitful heart. And he's what? Full of Fraud. All deception and all fraud. Look at it. Can you imagine a person who does fraud also deceives. Sometimes people who are, you know, they come under pressure and do fraud. This is not fellow who is coming under pressure. He is a fellow who is a deceptive fellow and who also does fraud. Then he is a son of the devil. He is the enemy of all righteousness. And what does he do? He seeks to pervert the straight ways of the Lord. Five things of a hard heart. Of a resisting heart. What is he doing? He's resisting the word of God. In resisting the word of God, what is he doing? He's having a—he's—he's uh, he's full of deception. He's using all kinds of deception. He's having all kinds of fraud. He's a son of the devil. He's the enemy of all righteousness. And he, what does he do? He seeks to pervert the straight ways of God. Perverts the straight ways of God. We can stop there. Let's go. Let's get back to. So hard heart of the Alexander the Copper Smith what is he doing he is trying to turn people and what so what what does he have he doesn't have what he doesn't have faith he doesn't have a clear conscience what has he done to his faith he is concerning the faith he has done what shipwreck 1 timothy chapter 1 verse 5 now the purpose of the commandment the purpose of the commandment or the other translations will use the word teaching the purpose of teaching is this what is it first Okay, first is charity or love. What, where should love stand upon? Three things. Okay. You know, you know, in order to balance something without worrying, balance something without worrying. Okay. You need to have three, three, three wheels. So, for example, an auto fellow is not concerned about balancing his auto. That is the reason why auto raju thinks that he's James Bond. Okay. Auto, he's got three wheels. If you have minimum three, you're stable. If you are having two, oh, you have to constantly keep worrying about balancing. And if you stop, you fall. <laughs> okay. That is, that is bicycle. Okay. So that is the reason why when we are teaching us uh, ch- children cycle, we give them first to tricycle. Okay, first we give him tricycle, then we give him a bicycle with support, and slowly we take off the support and make them balance on balance it on themselves. Monocycle very very difficult to balance. You have to be a circus player only, right? You know monocycle, right? They do monocycle. That fellow has to really really be a an expert as to how to balance. But if you want to have a life without, me, see in script in spiritual life, you don't want to take chances, no. Okay, I will, I will adjust with two. Who knows? <laughs> so we at least we should have minimum three in in order to understand that my love is stable. My love is not an emotional love. My love is not something which is you know sappy and uh, candy cotton kind of a love. Look at what it says. The purpose of the commandment is what love from a. First is a pure heart. What kind of a heart should you have? A pure. How do you get? How does one get a pure heart? It says in First Peter chapter chapter one. It is through the obedience to the truth. You, are, you, are, you have washed your heart, and it has become a pure heart, having been washed. To, uh, having, having, uh, having a pure heart by the, obeying the truth. So the truth of the word of God comes and it says sanctify them by the truth and your word is the truth. So you have subjected yourselves to the truth and the cleansing of the word of God and what has happened, you have, you have come to a point where you have a pure heart. First, love from a pure heart. Second word, what conscience? A good conscience. What is a good conscience? A conscience which is trained by the word of God which will constantly warn you. We know we celebrated the Reformation Day, on October 31st. Martin Luther, you know when, when he was asked to recant, he said, My conscience is captive to the word of God. How can you ask me to go against my conscience? My ca- conscience is captive to the word of God. How can you ask me to go against my conscience? I'm just, I'm just uh, paraphrasing his statement. What has happened? A conscience which has been trained by the word of God. What does the conscience do? It either excuses you or accuses you. Aray, Vijay. <laughs> it rebukes you. And sometimes the voice of the conscience is very loud. If you allow it to be loud. Good conscience. So you have love, which is from a pure heart. You have a love which is from good conscience, and from what faith? Sincere faith, because there are other other kinds of faith also. What faith? Insincere faith. Hmm? <laughs> okay. Let your love be without hypocrisy, he says. Okay, your faith is unfeigned, it says in first, second Timothy chapter one. He says the faith which is in, which is found in you, your unfeigned faith which is found in you was first found in Louis and then it was found in you, Eunice and is also now found in you. Hmm? How did he get that faith? Because from childhood, he was trained in the scriptures which is able to make him wise unto salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. So you have love, which is from a pure heart. You have a love, which is from a good conscience and you have a love, which is from sincere faith. So what is supporting love? A pure heart. A good conscience and sincere faith. How do you get a pure heart? By obeying the truth. How do you get a good conscience? By training your conscience by the truth. How do you get sincere faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So what has happened? You have endured what we call as sound teaching. And that is how you have this love. So the point here therefore is, how do I know that I have a heart which is not of Alexander Coppersmith? Do I have love? Acts chapter 15. Let's move on. The second kind of soil. What is the second kind of soil? Shallow soil. What, 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 why are they offended? Look at what it says in Acts chapter 15. This is John Mark kind of a soil. John Mark kind of a soil. Okay. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brothers in every city where we have preached the word of God, word of the Lord and see how they are doing. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Let's go back to every place. I mean, see, this is discipleship, Baba. They have the burden. They just didn't preach the word and say, okay, I'll leave it up to you. No, 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 no. We want to see. Let me tell you something. It's very important for us to have people to whom we are constantly accountable. Not just accountable one day. What is that? Constantly accountable. Because prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. If you lose accountability one day, I'll have to trouble Sami. Because if I don't to use my tally, the end of the year he has to break his head as to how I uh, management accounts. So keep short accounts. Tally your data every day, if possible, or at least week, weekly. That is what we call as judging yourself. But every day is good. Constantly is fantastic. All right. So let us go back and visit our brother in every city when we have preached, where we have preached the word of God, and see how they are doing. Now Barnabas was determined, was resolved in other translations, well, to uh, to take uh, with him John called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take them. The one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and who had not gone with them to the work. Why was he? De- why did he depart, Baba? He saw the persecution, this madness. This being with Apostle Paul is not an easy thing. Okay, being with Apostle Paul is not easy. Okay, you will expose your laziness, your shallowness. Thank God, Gospel according to Mark is there. <laughs> okay, so look at what he says in gospel according to Mark chapter 4. This is Mark's own words talking about the second kind of soil. Hmm? These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground. When they hear the word, immediately they receive it. How? With gladness. Are you ready for the mission field? Oh. Then they go to the mission field, they see the struggle. <laughs> they see the uh, the persecution, the, the madness of the mission field remember? And because they have no root in themselves, they only endure for a time. How much? Only for a time. And what has, what happens after that? Afterwards, tribulation and persecution arises for what's sake? For the word's sake and they stumble. This is Mark kind of a soil. What has happened to Mark? Persecution aroused, arose. For what's sake? For who? For the word's sake. What happens? Immediately says, I don't want to come. But thank God he was restored. Okay, it's a person who had a little shaky start but finally he finished. This is John Mark kind of a soil. So, what what is the problem? He doesn't have any depth. What does he not have? He doesn't have depth. It's so important for us to have depth, right? Then Mark's Gospel chapter 4, the third kind of soil. Now, these are the ones which are sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. And what happens? The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things, what happens? They choke the word and they become unfruitful. This is what kind of a soil? This is Dima's kind of a soil. What has happened to him? The chaos of this world came and he forsook and he left. So we are not going to go into the details. We want to know the fourth kind of a soil. What is that kind of a soil? Luke kind of a soil. Okay. What is Luke kind of a soil? Look at what it says. Luke's kind of of a soil. This is gospel according to Luke chapter 8. Alright. This is how he describes the fourth kind of soil. He doesn't even talk about 30, 60. He only directly talks about 100. That is Luke. That is the reason why he became doctor. Okay. <laughs> okay. Doctor Luke has a different kind of a soil. He doesn't look at thirty. That is Mark. He doesn't look at uh, sixty. That is maybe Matthew. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but he says, Baba, hundred percent. But the ones that fell on good ground are those having heard the word with a noble and a good heart. What do they, What do they do first? They keep it, and they bear fruit, which comes Which comes with what? Endurance. What do they do? They endure sound doctrine. What do they do now? They endured sound doctrine for a long period of time. Look at how he writes his epistles. This is remarkable, okay? This is not the, uh, not the epistle. The gospel according to Luke and the gospel according to Acts. This is again, part two, okay? Luke's gospel chapter one. In as much, verse 1 and 2, okay. In as much as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and the ministers of the word delivered them to us, what did I do? Look at what is next verse, I like this. It seemed good to me also, having had, what kind of understanding? Perfect understanding, the word for perfect understanding is very fantastic. It is parakolotheo, meaning what? Accurately followed. What did I do? I accurately followed the teaching. Accurately followed the teaching. When did he follow the teaching? Not in the beginning, not in the middle, but until the end of Paul. You know, Paul says, everybody forsook me. Timothy has gone somewhere. Titus has gone somewhere. I mean, he didn't leave, but he was, he was in ministry, he was in the ministry in some, in some other place. Titus is, Titus is, is is some, is somewhere else. Only a few people come and visit him. But who's always with him? Luke. Till the end. What did he endure? Sound teaching. Of all things from the very first to write to you an orderly account. Most excellent Theophilus. What does Theophilus mean? Philo means to love. Theo means God. The lover of God. Who are you? If you are a lover of God, lover of God, this epistle is to sorry, this gospel is to you. This gospel is to those people who love God and who are willing to produce how? Hundredfold harvest by enduring teaching until the end. That is looks, looks kind of a soil. How did they do it? They accurately followed. What did they do? They accurately followed. Closely followed. Accurately means closely followed. Okay. Second Timothy chapter three. This is what Paul's, the same word which is used by Paul. Second Timothy chapter three. He uses in context, he's now telling Timothy, okay, you also accurately followed me. Look at what he says. What, what should you follow? Second Timothy chapter three, verse 10 onwards. But you have what? Carefully followed. Did you see that same word again? Carefully followed up. Accurately followed. What did you follow first? You followed my doctrine. And did you just follow my doctrine? No. You also followed my manner of life. Did you just follow my manner of life? No. You also followed my purpose. What was my purpose? To fulfill God's purpose in my life and also glorify and finish the work that God has given me. You followed my purpose, you followed my faith, and you followed my long suffering, you followed my love, you followed my persecutions, you followed my perseverance, my afflictions which happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. Nine things he lists over there. He says, You know what? All these things he carefully followed. What did Luke do? He carefully followed, meaning every situation there's a doctrine. When you're going through persecution. What kind of a doctrine do you believe in? Oh, Christians should never suffer. No, these are the kind of doctrine that you believe in. Do you believe in the doctrine that all those who desire to God, to live godly lives in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution and it is a, it is a, it is a, or a, what is it? It's a sign that you are living a righteous life hmm? or a godly life. But evil men and imposters, what will, what will happen to them? They will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So he says, you carefully follow. So what kind of a lo- soil do we have today? Do we have the Alexander the coppersmith kind of a soil? A hard soil which rests the word of God? Or do we have the John Mark kind of a soil? When persecution arises because of the word, you are immediately offended and you just leave the ministry and leave? Or do you have the Demas kind of a soil which you have followed Paul over a period of time when the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and all the other things came, it choked the word and you became unfruitful and left the ministry? Or will you have the Luke kind of a soil? You will remain faithful until the end, carefully following the doctrine. You see, the doctrine is important, absolutely important. And what does doctrine decide? It decides the manner of life. In that manner of life, what do you have? You have purpose. Okay. And you have what? Faith. Let me tell you something. It is only in Christianity you find purpose. Nowhere else. You may think that you are an accomplished uh, chess player. Magnus Carlsen. That's my purpose. After that is over. And he says, All this is vanity. He says, Paul says, uh not Paul. Uh, Solomon says, This is all vanity, this chasing after the wind. And this is the whole duty of man. What is the whole duty of man? Fear God, keep keep his commandments, for there is a day of judgment which is coming. Oh ma- young man, enjoy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But all these things do, and remember one thing: God is going to bring to judgment. It's going to fade away like that. Riches will fade away, your 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 uh, what do you say, your fame will fade away, everything will fade away, but only one thing which will not fade away. The word of God will remain forever. All glory is as grass, oh sorry, all man's glory is as grass, and it's like the flower of the glass, flower of, flower of grass, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God remains forever. So, what kind of a soil do we have? Do we have the Alexander the Coppersmith kind of a soil? Hard soil resisting the word of God or do we have deep I mean persecution arises so immediately people just give up isn't it they give up on their marriages so easily why should I be the first to change is the name of a book by the way Chuck Missler's wife wrote it I read it so who is it for not for my wife (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it is for me. You see, I, why should I be the first to say sorry? Who says sorry? It is her mistake. She has to say sorry. No, say sorry. Because always there is two to tango. No, I take. I mean, I I, I apologize for my response. Whether you apologize or not, it is up to you. But in as far as I am concerned, my conscience is clear. Right? Understand? These are the things which we because there is no depth because our love. Is not from a pure heart, it is not from a good conscience, it is not from sincere faith. It is all flowery, flowery love. It's all flowers only. After a while, it just goes. The flower fades. The grass withers. But what what does not what never fails? The love of God will never fail. And that is the reason why it says, charity endures forever. Love endures all things. And endures forever. Everything will fade away. Faith will go. Hope will go. But one will remain. What will remain? Love will remain. So first thing. Very important. Endure. Sound. Doctrine. Have what we call as the doctor look kind of a mentality. What is the doctor look kind of a mentality? 100% only. If not 100%, I am not doing it. I want to learn something. I want to do something. I want to do it with the best of my heart. to the best of my ability. I want to do it with all of my heart. I want to give my hundred percent to it. When he the he's not talking about the results, he's talking about the attitude with which he is doing it. He's not talking about the fruit that is being produced outside. No, he's 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 he's, he's, he's talking about the fruit that is being produced in his life, in 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 the kind of character that God has wrought uh, in him through the constant subjecting himself to the Word of God. It's not easy to follow 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 Paul, right? I mean, Acts was written by Luke. In every storm, he was there. So, he is just not writing from head knowledge. He is a person who has gone through all the sufferings that Paul went through. Okay, So, Dr. Luke is a very interesting character. Hmm? I like him a lot. Maybe you should do a case study on him sometime later. Let me carry study upon him or Dr. Luke. What kind of an attitude he had. Next, first we have to endure teaching. And the teaching often leads us to what? Discipline. What is that? Second thing, what should you do? First, you should endure teaching and automatically teaching produces what we call, it has to discipline us. What should it, what should it do? It should discipline us. So what should you endure? Second thing, you should endure discipline or what we call as chastening. Endure chastening, chastening or scourging. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 12. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. So two things you can do whenever you're being chastened. Either you can despise it, or you can be discouraged by it. Despise meaning, hey, who are you to correct me? That is despising. Discouraged, I'm such a taste fellow. That is discouraged. Two responses are not good. You know. Often people they they fall into two two categories. Hey, who are you to correct me? That is one 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 attitude. That is despising. Oh she, I'm such a useless fellow. That is the second a second category. Don't be discouraged. Don't despise. Be objective. Be what we call as detached. I mean, I'm I'm not saying that you don't get hurt or we don't get. It's this it says no chastening seems uh, pleasant. No. It doesn't be, but it doesn't seem pleasant. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. Okay. And then he says, if you endure, what should you do now? You have to endure. Second thing that you should endure, you should first endure sound doctrine. Second thing you should endure chastening. How long? How long, Baba? To the end. God deals with you as with sons, for what son is there whom the father does not chasten, but if you are without chastening of which all have become partakers, then you are. Okay. KJV, go back and read. I've been prohibited from using the B word. Okay. <laughs> I asked Pastor. Pastor, can we use the beaver word? <laughs> he said, "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> okay. Then you are illegitimate. You know that other translations will use. You are of the wrong seed. You are not my seed. God says, if you are, if you are not my seed, that means you are not being chosen. That means you are, you don't even belong to God. He chastens every son whom he receives and he scourges them. Why? Why? What is the purpose of scourging? Look at what it says. Next verse. For they indeed, who are our fathers, chastened us uh, as seemed best to them, but he for our profit. We as fathers chasten. What seems best? Most of the times, for our best. <laughs> Not for their best. That we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. If you say, oh, I like this chasening, no, you're not being chased. You know, pruning is cutting. Cutting is always painful, right? Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. See, let me tell you something. There's always a posteriori for chasing. Posteriori. There's a hereafter. That's the reason why Paul uh, 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 Jesus tells Paul, uh tells, tells Peter, Peter, Peter says, Lord, why are you washing me? He says, what I am doing to you now, you will not understand now, but you will understand hereafter. The cuttings that I am doing to you now, you will understand it is painful and you will say, Lord, why are you doing? You will understand it hereafter. There's a posteriori. There's a purpose. There's a promise. Three things. There's a posterior meaning what? There is a posterior. That's something that is, that is something happening there. There's something which is going to come later on. There's a purpose for it and there's a promise. So I'm allowing this cutting to happen. Sometimes people leave from your, from your, sometimes people are cut off from your life. God cuts it off. Unfruitful branches. What does he cut off? He cuts off unfruitful branches from your life. So that you yield what? More fruit. (coughs) The person who produces more fruit hmm, gets pruned more. Thank you so much. That is so comforting to hear. Let, let, let me tell you, sir. Tell me some, let me tell you uh, something. The person who does more work in your office gets less work or more work? More work. Simple. Exactly. The good. The reward for good work is not less work. Ray, fantastic, Ray. Take a break. No. We are giving you promotion. What does that mean? Addition of more work. More responsibility. And when more responsibility comes, you see the lack inside of your own heart? You, you know that you can't ha- handle it? And God says, yeah. That is the reason why I allowed so many things to happen to you. So many things to be added to you. To show you your own incapacity to do certain things. Or rather my work. It absolutely. You, you, you can do nothing without me. To prove to you. Slowly, slowly, slowly. He does it. Nevertheless, afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So what should discipline or chastening uh, do to you? You should be trained by chastening and what should it yield? It should yield the pr- peaceable fruit of righteousness so that you may be made partakers of His holiness. Okay? So, but don't have two kinds of uh, uh, what are you, responses. One is what? Despising. Meaning who are you to correct me? Don't say it. Second thing, don't get discouraged. Ayo, I'm useless. I'm always like this. I've never learned. I've seen both kinds of people. In my own life, in 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 all the other empirical data that I that I gathered, okay. So, endure. Chasen. And why is chastening? Why why is it important? Look at what it says in Proverbs chapter twenty verse thirty. Very very important. Twenty thirty Proverbs. Blows that hurt. Blows that hurt. That doesn't hurt. Okay. Okay. Blows have to hurt. What do they do? They cleanse away evil. As do stripes the inner depths of the heart. You know what the words, word for inner depths of the heart in the original Hebrew? The rooms of the belly. Uh, In your stomach there are lot of chambers. There is a mutton chamber, sambar chamber. Okay. (laughs) All kinds of chambers are there. No? Okay. The inner depths of your belly have to be cleansed because out of your belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water to ensure bitter and sweet water does not come from the same place. What God has to do? He has to take the blows and bang, 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 bang. He has to cleanse you. Why? What should flow from your innermost belly? The Spirit of God has to flow. Why? Look at what it says. Verse 27 of the same proverb. Proverbs chapter 20. Uh, and verse 27. The spirit of a man is a lamp of the Lord searching all the inner depths of his heart or the innermost depths of the belly, the rooms of your belly. All the rooms of your belly, where all the khachada is there. I like what it says in the NIV, okay? Three things he uses. Blows and wounds. Scrub away evil. Okay, here. have you seen scrubber? Two kinds of scrubber is there. Green scrubber, steel scrubber. <laughs> okay, green scrubber is soft. It's uncomfortable, which is soft steel. Rapper, 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 All the stains, all the fat can be removed only by steel. You know that, right? You cannot use uh, soft uh, tissue, with sponge. We like to use sponge and uh, scrub. No, 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 no. It's, it's, the fat is not going to come off like that, Baba. If you want to scrub away fat, you have to use a steel follow. And rub it nicely. Sometimes the filing also comes out. Okay, no, no problem. What do they do? Blows and woods scrub away evil and beatings purge the inmost depth. So what should what should blows do? They have to hurt. If it is not hurt, then it is not it is not a discipline, Baba. Words, sometimes rebukes will hurt you. That is the reason why you know what? Um mm, Pastor James made a very interesting statement. He says, Jesus might hurt you, but he never harms you. That's exactly what Joseph did to his brothers. He used strong words to hurt them, not to harm them. It is for their better, not for their worse. I like the dialogue in one of the uh things which I was watching. You know, he says, ma ka, ma, ma ka, um, oh, Shabd. Huh. Ma ka Shabd. नियत नियत okay. The words which your parents use might be hard words, but their intention are always right. You are hurting me. Be gentle. And that is not hurt, Baba. That is not uh, scoldings. That is not beatings. Wounds have to hurt. It has to go deep down. It has to cause you pain. So that you will realize, you have to come to your senses. I, why do, why did this pain come to my life? So don't get, don't despise the rebuke. Don't get discouraged when you rebuke, but start thinking. It has to cause you to think. What has happened to me? That's exactly what happened to uh, uh, Jonah. Jonah is such a rebel in, in, in his heart. You no, know? the prophets are sometimes so rebellious. Okay. Where does, where does he have to send, be sent to? To the depths of the oceans. Two days he doesn't even open his mouth. Third day when the juices and the acids are burning, right? then he says, Lord, out of the depths I cried out. Those who follow after worthless idols, what do they do? They forsake their own mercy. Lord, forgive me. What has happened now? Blows have hurt. What has happened? It has cleansed the innermost belly. It has to hurt. Hunger hurts. Hunger hurts, no? You're scared of hunger. More one day if you don't eat. Look at what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 8. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness. That's exactly what happened to the prodigal son. 40 years, uh, not 40 years, several years when he was hungry, when the, when the, the stomach was beating against his back, then when his back and his stomach became one, completely deflated, Literally, a concentration camp you were sent to. <laughs> concentration camp. Hmm? And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you, to prove you, to know what? What was there in the innermost being of your heart, whether you would keep the commandments of your God or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger. Bah! Why? Hunger will pain, no? Because we are, are we not scared of, uh, for, of famine? Of course we are scared. Are we, there's no food in the fridge. More. What are we going to do? Rice is getting over. I'm telling you now, from my personal experience, thank God for famine in my life. Because in famine I learned. He broke the staff of my bread. <laughs> and God often, often does that. What does he do? He causes you to hunger, but he feeds you with something else. He feeds you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your father know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Your garments did not wear, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. You shall know in your heart that as a man chases his son. So the Lord has chosen. 40 years to Moses, 40 years to the children of Israel, who were going to inherit the promised land. Only two survived the chastening. The rest perished. Complain, 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 gone. Two survived the chastening for mistakes that other people have done. Now what did, what does God tell Moses? Let us wipe out this fellow. We'll just wipe out this fellow. We'll start afresh with you and Joshua and uh, and uh, Caleb will be along with you. These three families, the rest will wipe out. What did, he, what, what did he say? No, Lord. And what should have Joshua said? Moses, come on. What an opportunity. He let these fellows go. Let us go and inherit the promised land. No, shut his mouth. For 40 years, he endured along with Moses. Caleb endured for 40 years along with Moses. He endured chastening. He endured he allowed the word of God to do a deep work inside of you to show the selfishness of His own heart. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter four. Five of verses in Hebrews chapter four. No, for the word of God is living. What is it? It is living because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. The word, the, the word for word is Rima. The exact same word over here. The every Rima, the, not logos. It's the Rima, the living word, the cutting word, the word which has, got this, which, which has got that, that cutting edge, which which cuts you and hurts you and causes you pain. Hmm? What does it do? It's a sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow. So what does it do? The word of God does three things. It What is soul, spirit, joints and marrow? That means what is spirit? Spirit is what we call as God conscious. Soul is what we call as self-conscious. Body is what is called as world conscious. So what does the word of God reveal? It reveals how much of what you are doing is world conscious. Okay? How much of what what you are doing is of the self? And how much of what you are doing is of God? Three things. It divides and shows inside of your heart how much of what you are doing is to get approval from the world. Because body is world conscious. How much is of your own self? Oh, I don't know other, others to believe but it gives me self-satisfaction. Uh-huh. It is still your self-satisfaction. How much is of the self? Third thing, how much is of the spirit which is of God? It shows you. Whether you are doing it for Sola de Gloria. One of the solas. All for the glory of God. So what does, what is, so therefore, what reveals all this? It the, the chastening of the word of God and when you receive the word of God while you are being chastened. That's the reason why it's a very good disposition. To have the disposition of humility to humble you, to prove you, and then to feed you, manna. When you are full, you will not receive. Amen. Okay. Very difficult to say, Amen. I know. Only one for one person said Amen. <laughs> I know. Very difficult to say, Amen. No. Proverbs chapter twenty-two, verse fifteen. Look at what it says. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child. Huh? Or where is it bound up? In the heart of your child. But what does the rod of discipline do? It will drive it, not, nasdik ne, far. For, that's what it says now. Folly says one thing. What does folly say? Bread eaten in secret is, oh, sweet. Stolen waters are sweet. sweet. That is what, that is what folly says. Stolen waters, sweet. Bread eaten in secret is nice. No problem. Nobody's watching. That is folly. So what does Rod of Correction do? That voice of folly, which says stolen waters are sweet, bread eaten in secret is nice, that means nothing will happen, everybody is doing. What does it do? It drives it far away. What does what what does it do? What what does the, the rod of discipline? Because folly is bound up in the heart of the child. That's what Pastor said. No, the moment you are born, <laughs> you are what condemned to die. Is <laughs> bound up. You are born in sin. You are shaped in iniquity. In iniquity in sin, your mother conceived you, right? Folly is bound up in the heart of the child, and the rod of discipline drives it away. What does folly say? It's okay. Stolen water sweet. Bread it in secret, fantastic. Out of discipline. That's exactly what happened to David, no? Stolen waters? Very nice, sweet, he thought. And that's what it says. A drink waters from your own well and running waters from your own system. Why should you be entangled with a strange woman, my dear son? Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burnt? Can you walk on hot coals and your feet not be seared? Answer is, no. Then what did God do? Ha, ah, stolen water is sweet. I'll tell you how sweet they are. The rod of discipline. The rod of discipline. After that, Baba. Folly, madam, please stay. <laughs> What's her name? Abhishega, the Shinomite. He's, he's coming to warm David. You can warm me, but folly is far. Hmm, very difficult to say amen, I, I know. The folly, the rod of discipline has f- driven folly away, you see. Very important to see we have to be prepared for discipline. The discipline to get discipline is discipline is a discipline. That is my own word. Okay. The discipline to get discipline is discipline. Itself is a discipline. Okay. Then Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24. Look at what it says. He who spares the rod. Do you think God hates us? Oh, he loves us. And because he loves us, see. God does not love the rod. He loves us. He doesn't love the rod. Assyria, you are the rod of my correction. But what are you trying to do, right? You are using disproportionate force. How much I ask you to correct, how much are you using the force? No, I am going to do do one thing with you. I am going to deal with you. So, judgment is a strange thing. He does not love the rod. He loves the son, not the rod. The Lord, rod and the staff, they comfort. Very difficult to say comfort, no? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. He who spares the rod hates the son, but he who loves him, disciplines him how? Diligently. Okay, that means he's very diligent in... In disciplining regularly in disciplines. This is what we call as what we call as the kingdom of God is like one what keeping accounts. Regularly, you are he is going to ask you questions why did you do this? Why did you spend this money? Because ultimately, you know what? If you don't, if you're not keeping regular accounts, after a period of time you don't know where you spend that money. And you have to tell your uh, internal auditor, I don't know. Or you have to lie. Better to keep short accounts. And walk free with a clear conscience with God. You may know, blessed is the man who has got a clear conscience with God. Amen? You can still look at God and He looks at you and He smiles at you. Nothing between you and me. Transparent. Hmm? He who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him gently. The first thing, therefore, you have to endure is endure sound doctrine. Second, Endure discipline. And you I'll tell you something. You know, this is one of the things the church in these last days is so weak because they have no discipline at all. No discipline, no order. They cannot be trusted because they have not been disciplined. They have not endured discipline. Hmm? Categorically, I can say that. If you are not disciplined by God, you cannot be used by God. Because the branch which produces fruit, what does he do to that branch? He prunes it so that it, it will bear more fruit. So you cannot be used by God. You want to be used by God or you want to be put on the shelf? Or you can be a green tree which is not producing shell fruit at all. What do you want? A full show without fruit? No, I don't want that, no. So it's so a lot. Willing. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the best of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you will be destroyed. (laughs) God is not a respecter of persons. 29.15 Proverbs. A rod of correction imparts wisdom. I love that. The rod of correction, what does it do? Imparts wisdom. You become, it is what we call as anubhava jnanam. After you experience it, uh, no, no, no. Don't do it. Like Pastor says, no? First, you, you tell that uh, small child, don't go to the uh, candle. If you touch the candle, it'll burn. Now what has happened? It never listened to you. It went and touched the candle. Now what, what will it what will he do? It'll become a prophet now. You touch the candle, you'll get burnt. Preacher of righteousness. Okay. The rod of correction imparts wisdom. But a child left to himself, what does he do? Look at what it Disgraces the mother disgrace to the parents you know why because you've been left to yourself i'm telling you, you know, something you've seen this in these last days you know you have you have children who cannot be corrected because they are left to them sorry you should you should leave to themselves ray this is modern psychology oh we should make them choose whatever they want to choose do, do they know what is right and what is wrong let them choose whatever religion let them choose let them have the freedom they will bring disgrace to you You will be ashamed of your children later on. Because a person for a person to go to hell, what should he do? Nothing. You left yourself, you will go to hell. You want grace or disgrace? (laughs) Grace. Rod of correction. In other words, I'm not going to be this topic is very, very important. Look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 23, 23, verses 13 to 14. Do not withhold discipline from a child. We are all children of God. We are not talking about in the in the context of our children. We are children of God, what should he do? Although you strike him with the rod, he will not die. So in other words, God uses the rod proportionately to ensure that he, not, that he that he will not die. So he tells Satan, You can do everything to him, but you are not allowed to touch his life. You can remove this, you can remove this, you can remove this, everything you can do, but not Touches life. That's it. Strike him with a rod, and you will deliver his soul from Sheol or hell. Look at one example in the Bible: a person who was never corrected. First Kings chapter one. We know this fellow. What's his name? Anno Adonijah. Okay. Then Adonijah the son of Hagith exalted himself, saying, I will be king. Please follow. This is is the problem. No. They look at kingship and their position. You know what? They look at positions of authority in the kingdom of God and they think it's a position of power. No. Uneasy lies the head that wears the crown. You want to be in that seat, it's a hot seat. Because one thing, if you are a teacher of the Word of God, you should know one thing. You will be judged more severely. Are you ready for it? That is one of the reasons why I resisted it for several several years. I did not want to come to the pulpit. Because I know. (laughs) No, 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 no. My judgment is severe. No, I am not coming. I will be king. And he prepared for himself chariots and horsemen and 50 men to run before him. A few followers and a little bit of anointing, a little bit of gift that he has. That fellow is ready to start off a ministry. Because he has no, but he has no character. Look at what he says. And his father had... Not rebuked him. The word for not rebuked is very interesting. He has never caused him pain. you! Oh, if I say to him, he'll get hurt, he'll get discouraged. No. Now what has he, what has he brought to you? He has brought to you disgrace. He has, he has become a rebel. He has gone after his brother Absalom. And his father had not rebuked him at any time saying, why have you done so? In other words, he never Asked him for accounts. Okay. I remember, you know, my parents, know, When they used to give me pocket money, they'll ask me, what did you do with that money? Hari, it's my pocket money, I can do whatever. It is. Ah, no, 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 no. It is your pocket money, I know. But I want to know what you did with that money. We don't like that, right? What did you do with the money? We don't like, we don't like accounts, right? We don't like people, or you? Don't you trust me? it's not about not trusting you, Baba. I don't trust myself because I know in my flesh there is nothing good. I hope you realize that. So let us be accountable to one another. You see how nice, how simple it is. The truth shall set you free to be accountable. (laughs) Free to do what Baba? To be accountable. And his father had not rebuked him at any time saying, what did you do with... Okay, I gave you this, what did you do? I gave you this, what did you do? You know what something? Jesus, it says, he finished. What did he say? It is finished. You know what the word for finished is? Tetelestai. Paid in full. Meaning what? I cleared all accounts. That's what it means. No debts, Lord. All accounts cleared. I settled every account. How can a person who is not accountable settle accounts? You understand this? That's what we need an audit. Not for our accounts, for our own life. We have to have an audit of the grace of God that God has given us. We have to have an audit of the opportunities that God has given us. We have to have an audit of all the Word of God that God has spoken to us. Can you be audited? What do you, Korazin? What do you, Bethsaida? If all the things that I have done to you have been done in Sodom and Gomorrah, they would have repented. Have you repented? That's what he says. According to your hard and impenitent heart, you're storing up for yourselves what? Wrath. Not knowing that the goodness of God should lead you to what? Repentance. God has given you so many opportunities after opportunities after opportunities after opportunities. What did you do? What did you do with the grace of God? That's what it says. Don't turn the grace of God in vain. But don't turn the grace of God into lasciviousness also. Don't run in vain. That's what it is. Galatians what has happened to you? The deposit of the grace of God, what did you do to it? The deposit of the Holy Spirit in your life, what did you do with it? The deposit of the word of God, what did you do with it? The deposit of the opportunities of God, what did you do with it? Do you live a life of accountability? The opportunities that I gave gave you to preach from the pulpit, what did you do with them? The opportunities that I gave gave for you to serve in the church, what did you do with them? Do you have an audit? You see, his father never rebuked him, never caused him pain because he never asked him for an audit see, never questioned him hmm? why? because he was good looking Nonsense. or he's talented he's gifted he's intelligent he's brilliant how we excuse people for lack of character because they have a gift lack of character because they have a gift You see? Oh, he is so gifted. So what? The gift is not his righteousness. <laughs> it's a gift of God. The righteousness of Jesus Christ. How did he get the righteousness of Jesus Christ? Because he took the sin upon himself and so that we can become the righteousness of God in him. That was not cheap. It was not free. It's free to us. But it was not free to him. He had to empty his bank account to settle all our accounts. That's what happens, right? Parents, when children get into debt, what do they do? They have to sell all that they have so that they can rescue, rescue the children. Everything that they have. Children do all kinds of stupid things and they get into debt. What do parents have to do? They become surety for the, for the children, right? Who was your surety when you took a loan from the, from the bank? Your father. So if this seller doesn't pay, I will be a surety. So the problem is, we don't like people questioning us and asking us, "Why? what did you do with this? What did you do with the money that I gave you? What did you do with the anointing that I gave you? What did you do with the opportunities that I gave you? We don't like it. But what is what is it? What does it say? End your teaching. End your discipline. End your accountability. Can we end your accountability? Big 12 cannot end your accountability, Baba. That is the reason why they leave churches. Because they don't like it. Mm-hmm. Very hard to say. But it is a fact. He was good looking and his mother was, had born him after Absalom. Oh, Absalom, I lost. I can't lose this fellow also. It's okay. Let him do whatever he wants. Huh. He's going to cause you grief. He's going to use up your throne. He's a rebel now. That's not exactly what happened to Eli's children also, Phineas and Hophni. God said, I'm going to destroy these fellows. Why? Because he never caused him pain. You need to learn these. Lessons, my dear brothers and sisters, we need people who will ask for an account of the things that He has given to us. Very important, very important. For what did you do with the opportunities that I gave you? What did you do with the gifts that I gave you? Are you keeping a good? Uh, are you are you being a good steward of the resources that God has given you? We have to ask. Have people around us who will ask those questions? Otherwise, we will just mess up in our own lives. I'm talking to all young people, so don't don't uh, get upset when Pastor keeps asking you questions. It's good that you are being asked questions. It is a form of rebuke. Will you endure it? Do you have an answer? Hmm? Amen? Difficult to say Amen, I know. Look at what it says in Psalm 141 verse 5. Can you say this? Amen to this? Very difficult. Let the righteous strike me. It shall be. What is kindness? Not when pastor says, Vijay, you are fantastic, right? I have never seen a man who was faithful as you. No. Strike one, strike two, strike three. Warning one, warning two, warning three, out. (laughs) You see, we need such kind of people who are tough and straight with us, who are, will not compromise, and who love us to speak the, love us enough to speak the truth to us. And often time to our face, to our face. That is what a friend is, no? The kisses of a friend, uh, of an enemy, or the Rebukes of a friend. What do you like? <laughs> we like kisses. Kiss me, kiss me, kiss me. One day, Adek Manch It's a kiss kiss of a of a of a snake and not of God. And let him rebuke me. It shall be what? Excellent oil. What what oil? Excellent oil. It's very interesting. Excellent oil. Let my head not refuse it. So what should we endure first? Sound doctrine. Then sound discipline. That discipline has to make a sound. See, when we discipline our children, pot, pot, sound comes. And after that sound, another sound also comes. Ah, also comes. Right? But when that, when that sound has come only, it is called sound discipline. <laughs> All the other sound is what? No discipline. Understand this, okay? John's Gospel, chapter 6. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, (laughs) (laughs) what happened to the disciples, Baba? Disciples don't like discipline. <laughs> okay, this is a hard saying. I'm sure many of us will say after the end of this teaching, "This is a hard teaching." We we'll let us find ourselves another teacher. We will not listen to Vidya j- anymore. It doesn't matter to me, Baba. You don't listen to me. I'm not accountable. Ultimately, God is going to ask me and ask me an account for whether I've taught the good, the bad, and the ugly of God or not. My hand should be innocent of the blood. And to the best of my ability, I should have served my church and to the best of my ability. Okay. That is my ambition. And if I'm not done that, I should resign from this position. This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this. <laughs> okay. He said to them, does this offend do? you? From that time, many of his disciples were 66. Many of his disciples went back and walked walked with him no more. And what happens next? Jesus said to his twelve, do you want to go away? But Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? This fellow is a person who will take correction and rebuke. Even after he messes up with Apostle Paul also, Apostle Paul also gives him a rebuke, he takes it. And he says, Apostle Paul, you are great, the word great. No, he doesn't say thou art great, great is the wisdom that God gave you. And he compares Apostles Paul's letters to Scripture. He is the one who says the epistles of Paul are scripture. He doesn't say my epistles are scripture. That is the humility of a man of God, no? Amen. Very difficult to say, I know. I know. Not easy to say amen, Baba. I know, I know it's very, very difficult. But Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You and you alone have the words of life. Also, we have come to know, believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, did not I choose, what? Fell, but one of you is the devil, that fellow. You fellow, that fellow will never take correction. He will never take rebuke. Once I said, leave her alone. What did he do? He went to the Pharisees and said, sold them for 30 pieces of silver. Finished. What did he call him? Leave her alone. What did, call, what did God call, Jesus call Peter? Satan. What did he call, uh, what did he tell uh, Judas? Leave her, leave her alone. He called him friend. Okay, first, therefore, endure. Sound doctrine. Four kinds of soil we looked at. Alexander Corpusmith soil. John Mark kind of soil. Demas kind of a soil. Or Dr. Luke kind of a soil. Okay, four kinds of soil we looked at. So endure, endure sound teaching. Second, endure discipline. Third, endure hardships. Okay. After this will come hardship, Baba. Endure hardship, NIV uses the word endure hardship as discipline. In other words, have the mind to suffer. Have a mind to suffer. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 3. Therefore, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself. And what does a soldier do? He has a love for his country. He has a love for his people, right? He has a love for his country. He has a love for his people and therefore he is willing to die for his people and to suffer loss for the sake of his people. Am I right? Am I right? And therefore you as a good soldier for God, for Jesus Christ, what do you do? You love your commander. You love God's people and therefore you are willing to die for his people and to the best, and uh, you're willing to protect his people. So no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So soldier, he loves his country, and what does? And he love, he doesn't just not, not love his country. In our in our case, we love our our country, the holy nation, which is the Church of the Living God. We also love our commander. We don't look at the commander as if he's giving us commands. No, 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 no. We love our commander. We are willing to die for our commander because we know that our commander has died for us. We have that 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 attitude of those three fellows, right? The three uh, three uh, uh, soldiers of David. When he said, Oh, I wish I could drink from the waters of Bethlehem. Bah! The three. The three, the three. What do they do? They risk their lives. They risk their lives for their commander. Whatever the commander says, they will do. They love their commander, they love their people, and therefore they're willing to die for their people to protect them. That's a soldier. That's the attitude of the soldier. Remember that song? Vande Mataram. You see that? You, you therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier. Look at what it says, Hebrews chapter 12. What are we willing to endure as a soldier? For consider him who endured such hostility with sinners. You see that? Such hostility with sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted unto bloodshed. What's striving against? Sin. You have got the mind to suffer against sin. Understand that? Okay, you have the mind and the willingness to suffer. Why are you sanctifying yourself? Excuse me? Why are you sanctifying yourself? Sanctifying yourself? For their sake, I sanctify myself is what Jesus said. So what do we why do we sanctify ourselves? For His sake and for others sake also. Understand that? Second Peter, first Peter chapter four. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same mind. A soldier has armory, has a, as a weapon. What is it? What is that weapon? A mind that is willing to suffer. Hmm? For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so that he will not live the rest of his life for the lust of his flesh, but for the will of God. You see that? Willingness to suffer. Willingness to suffers therefore endure hardship endure hardship first thing endure sound doctrine second thing endure hardship sorry uh endure discipline or chastening third thing endure hardship fourth thing i'm gonna because there's no time i'm gonna uh, look at the fourth thing. endure temptation what is that endure temptation endure temptation james chapter 1 blessed is the one who endures temptation and every day what is your what should your what should your prayer be uh, lead me not into temptation. That's what, that should that should your prayer. That should you uh, that should, that is what your prayer has to be. Lord, lead me not into temptation. Look at what it says in um, Matthew chapter twenty-six. Matthew chapter twenty-six. Okay, Matthew chapter twenty-six. And let's let's read those two few verses. Then he came to his disciples and found them sleeping and said to the, uh, said to Peter, "What could you not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation." So, what should our prayer be? Lord, keep me from being tempted. Because I don't know whether I have the strength to end your temptation. So what should we do? Flee youthful lusts. Pursue righteousness, faith, love from all those who call upon God from a, from a pure heart. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So first we looked at what? End your sound doctrine. Second thing we looked at, end your chastening. Third we looked at, end your hardship. Fourth we looked at, end your temptation. And the fifth, Because five is always grace. No, I use first. I like five and seven. Okay. And eight also I like. Ten I like also, but and twelve also I like, but five and seven is what I'll uh, stick to. Okay, because five plus seven is equal to twelve. All right. Endure delay. (laughs) Okay, for complete government if it has to be formed in your life. Five plus seven. Okay. Endure delay. Endure delay. Endure delay. First thing endure sound doctrine. Endure chastening. Endure hardship. Endure temptation. Fifth thing, very important for all of us. We don't know when Jesus is going to come. Endure delay. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. For when Abraham made, for when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself saying, surely blessing, I will bless you and multiplying, I will multiply, multiply you. And so after he patiently, huh, endured, he obtained the promise. How should, how should you endure? Patiently. Endure patiently. It didn't happen in one day. He's promised him, so when he was seventy-five years old, for the promise to come to pass, it was he was 99 years old. So he waited. He did not. He learned his lessons from all the all the things that he did. Okay. Endure delay. Endure delay. Okay. Matthew chapter twenty-four. Who then is a faithful and a wise servant? Whom his master made ruler over his household to give him food in this in due season. Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler of all. But if that servant says, my master delays and put that verse, master delays. So what does God do when he, when he's delaying? What is God after? What is God after? Few verses from Proverbs chapter 20 verse 21. Very beautiful proverb. Love this proverb a lot. <clears throat> Read that. An inheritance claimed too soon will be will not be blessed in the end. Nah. No. Don't claim your inheritance too soon. Who claimed the inheritance in the Bible very soon? Tell me. When you browse through the Bible, give me my inheritance. Who said that? The prodigal son. Finished over. See, father is going to give you the inheritance, Rebaba. What is your father after? You know, just imagine, no? If. I give a hundred rupees to, my, to a to a small girl. What do you want to do with this money, baby? Chocolate. That's all they think. You know, even when uh, ch- when grandparents they, when they give a small gift to the big children, chocolate look okay. They give a small gift. That's all that's things. Chocolates only you will think. If it goes a little bit big, what do you want? Chocolate. chocolate. You still in chocolate early. Okay, chocolate only. So when he says, "Okay, books, okay, good, graduated." After that, the money that I gave you, I'm not going to use it for myself. I will give it to the ministry. That is what I'm after. What is that? what is he after? He is after the fact that the inheritance that I gave you. Do you have the character of a steward? So that the inheritance that I gave you, you, you'll be using it for the profit of all. Because the gifts are not for your own self. It is for the profit of. So don't claim your inheritance too early. Too early. Don't claim it. What did Joseph do? Sorry, Jacob do? He claimed his inheritance too early. Do you understand? And how did he try to claim his inheritance? Look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 21 verse 6. I like this verse again. The getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapour and a snare of death. The getting of treasure. Oh, what are you? Your firstborn son Esau. (laughs) The voice is like my son Jacob, but the hands are like Esau. Okay. Bless. That's going to be a snare for this fellow until the time that he acknowledged that he is not Esau, but Jacob the deceiver. That is the time when he gets completely blessed. Now we understand the blessing is not for yourself, it is for the others. Therefore, That's the reason why Galatians chapter 4, look at what it says, Galatians chapter 4, the very famous verse, we all know it, in different different contexts we look at it. Galatians chapter 4, now I say that the heir as long as he is a child does not differ at all from a Slave. So what should God do? A slave does not stay in the house forever. Who stays in the house forever? A son has to stay. So what should he do to the slave? Drive him out. What does it, what does it say? Cast out the bond woman and the son. Drive that fellow out. Kick him out. So he, have to, he has to kick out the slave in us so that the son will remain. Because in each one of us, there is a slave part and there is a son part. Slave to sin part And the son who wants to fulfill the wishes, the the, the, the will of the father. That part is also there. Who has to grow? Slave has to die. The son has to grow. But the problem is, hmm, look at what it says. The person who is a slave does not, okay, as long as he is a child, he does not differ from a slave, even though he is the master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the... There's a time for God to give you our inheritance. Till that time, what should you do? You should be under guardians and stewards. What we call as a life of accountability. So that those, those people whom, to whom you are accountable can drive the slave out slowly. Catch, 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 catch. Take the slave out, slave out, slave out, slave out, slave out by teaching and disciplining and uh, by making you endure hardship and making you endure all kinds of things, drive out the slave, keep the son, even so we, when we were children, what were we? We were in bondage under the elements of this world. It says the rudimentary principles of this world. What are the rudimentary principles of this, of this world? What shall I eat? What shall I wear? What shall I drink? This is all you can think about. But you have to be an heir. Don't claim your inheritance too early. What is God after? He is after a son in you to whom he can entrust. Everybody say entrust. Ah, entrust. Entrust. Can I entrust this to him? Will he use it upon his own pleasures? Or will he use it for the profit of all? Will he be a steward of the resources that God, God has given us? Or will you use it for only honesty? Even even Jesus, after he has claimed all the kingdoms, what is he going to do to the kingdoms? He is going to hand over the kingdoms to the father. Not He is not going to keep it to himself. So what does the son do? He is a steward. He is not the owner. Everybody say, steward, not owner. Ah, steward, not owner. That's the reason why yesterday pastor was talking to the pastor's people. In the pastor's conference, he says, In stewardship, one has to be found faithful. Psalm 105. God had a promise for Joseph. But he has to endure till he gets his inheritance. So, moreover, he called a famine. He destroyed the provision of bread. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a "Ah, slave. They hurt him with the fetters. He was laid in irons. Until the time that his word came to pass, the word of God, what did he do? Tested him. He was enduring temptations. Look at this. Look at the order. He endured sound doctrine. He endured chastening. He endured hardships. He endured temptation. And he endured delay. Five. The word of the Lord tested him. And what happens later? The king sent and released him. The ruler of the people let him go free. He made him lord of his house so that he can lord over his house. No, 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 no. no. And ruler of his possessions to bind the princes at his pleasure and teach his elders wisdom. So what did he he do? He became a steward of the granaries of Pharaoh. And he took care of everybody in the world. He became a steward. Now what has he become? From a slave to a son and he became a person who inherits all things. Amen? Amen, Amen, Amen. Okay. So endure delay because what is God after? He is after your character to drive the slave out of you and to form the son inside of you. The son who one day is going to take all the kingdoms and hand them over to the father. Father, these are the things that you handed to, handed them to me and I was steward of those resources and I'm going to give it back to you. So what did he do? He endured delay. Endure delay. Five things we looked at. What did, what did we, what did we look at first thing? Endure doctrine. So what kind of doc, what kind of heart do you have? Alexander Coppersmith heart? <laughs> Coppersmith heart. Alexander the Coppersmith we will never forget in our lives now. Alexander the Coppersmith, John Mark, Dimas or Dr. Luke? Inga, Dr. Lok. Okay. Second. Second, we have to endure chastening. Third, endure hardship. Endure temptation. Finally, endure delay. And God will say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Let's pray. He who endures till the end will be saved, Baba. Alright, so let us endure. Be sure. To endure, okay? <laughs> be sure to endure. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you, Father, for this time. You're a good God. Your mercy endures forever. Yes, Lord. Your mercy endures forever. It's your mercy which endureth forever. That's what Israel said O Lord, in Psalm 136. Repeated after over and over and over and over. Blessed be the Lord God, who is the King of all kings, who is the Lord of all lords. His mercy endures Forever. You endured a lot Jesus. You endured and you put up with us for such a long time not willing that any should perish, but everyone should come to repentance. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would find in all of us the willingness to endure, the willingness to endure sound doctrine, that we will not have the Alexander, the coppersmith kind of a heart, which will resist teaching. We will not have the, the John Mark kind of a heart, which will be offended when temptations and testings come, which will not have the Demas kind of a heart, which will run away when the, cho- the, when the, when the case of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the world. And we will, but we will have the Luke kind of a heart, which will stay, which will stay until it produces fruit, even a hundredfold, that we will endure chastening, we will endure hardship, we will endure temptation, and we will endure delay until the character of God is formed in us. And I pray, Lord Jesus, grant us the grace that we will have the willingness to endure. We thank you, we praise you for this time that you blessed us with. Let us bless this teaching, multiply it, And use it for the extension of your kingdom and for the glory of your name. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory for in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's children said, Amen, Amen. So willing to endure? Amen? Be sure to endure. And uh, if you are sure to endure, then come back in the evening (laughs) at 6 o'clock to endure more sound doctrine. Okay, Amen. Let's let's see you all for the Telugu service in the evening. God bless.